Hello, everybody. How you guys doing out there this Saturday afternoon? This is Saturday, October 24th, 2020. And this is, um, you are listening to one of my um, uh, a bonus episode, um, Halloween podcasts. Today, I have with me uh, Miss Allison Stone Whale. And Miss, uh, uh, excuse me, Miss Kelly Dunsmore. Hey, everyone. And today we are talking about the 2010 movie Devil, which is a horror movie uh, directed by, well, no, it's not directed by M. Night Shalahan, but he was the producer. It was directed by, um, uh, I have his name down here. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have his name down here. Oh, yes, I do. John Eric Dowdle is his name. Uh, John Eric Dowdle directed it, and M. Night Shyamalan, uh, he um, produced it. I think he wrote and produced it. So, um, but uh, it, it was a really good movie. I had not watched, I had not seen Devil before this week. And on Monday, I put it on, and oh my God, I had to watch it two or three times. And then I watched it four or five or six times because, you know, I had wanted to write, jot down my notes. The first three times was to actually like process what I was seeing, <laughs> what I was watching. And then the fourth, fifth, or sixth times is when I was jotting every everything down. I'm like, oh my my goodness, okay, I can talk about that. I'll talk about this. Oh, we're definitely talking about that. (laughs) So so, uh, before we get into any of the questions, what do you ladies think about Devil? Uh, 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 Kelly, we'll start with you. What do you think about this movie? I love this movie. I remember messaging I think last year Latrice Watson is telling you to watch this movie. Yes, yes, yes. Because um, I knew you would love it. <laughs> and yeah, I just love the movie. I'm a person, I know some people love horror movies where it's like very hopeless at the end and like mm-hmm. everyone dies. Um, and that's not me. Like I love the horror movies where like my rule is like at least one person needs to survive. Yes. It needs to be like like, it can be a dark ending, but I need at least one person to survive. Yeah. And, like, a glimpse of hope. Like, that's what I like in horror movies. Um, and I just thought the message in this movie was very good. There's, like, local messages that were great in this movie. Yes. I thought the characters were likable. There's multiple char- uh, likable characters. And it's very suspenseful, too. It keeps you engaged the whole... I mean, from the first second of the movie, you're just, like, kind of thrown in, which I love. Mm-hmm. And it, it keeps you engaged until the very end. So, I love it. Yes. It, it did do that. It did keep you engaged. Uh, Allison, how about you? What do you think about um, Devil? Again, love this movie. I actually saw it in the theater when it came out. <laughs> I'm a big fan of End Night. Mm. And my dad's like, he wrote this, he didn't direct it. But the people that did direct it, I think they did Wreck and the Bikisi tapes as well. Mm-hmm. So I know that M. Night, after watching the Bikisi tapes, really wanted that director. So just like those people coming together was an awesome thing. But I really, like you said, it keeps you engaged. I love the twists and turns. You never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. It's just like that constant sense of dread, like throughout the yeah. whole entire movie, like just no, waiting yeah. for something terrible to happen. Keeps you on your toes. 
I like the characters. Some I don't like, but I like that I don't like them because it's written so perfect. Right. But yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. It's a fun, quick, good, engaging movie. Yes. And, and with like Kelly said before, tons of messages, tons of messages. Um, now, um, <clears throat> now to me, the characters weren't supposed to be likable. I don't think they were supposed to be likable because the, each and every one had something uh, sketchy about them. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I do not think that they were supposed to be likable, but. You do, um, and I think both of you have said it, you know, there were some likable um, characters. Now, who was your um, uh, favorite character, though, is my question. Um, uh, Allison, we'll go with you uh, for this one. Uh, who was your your favorite character, whether you loved to hate them or whether you did just really like them? Well, mine, I just the one I really actually liked, and I think it's the only one I really actually liked, Genuinely, was Ramirez the building security? He's the only one who has head on his shoulders. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why aren't they listening to him? He's the only smart one in this building. <laughs> and I think he was a genuinely good guy. He was the only one that didn't have any sort of like negativity or bad thoughts, and he was just trying to be hopeful the whole time. And he stuck to his convictions for the entire film. And I just yeah. Ramirez, I was written for Ramirez the whole time. Like they need to listen to him, and they need to. I mean, like he showed them the devil head, paused it. You know, even if you don't believe, and you know the characters obviously thought it was BS, but even if somebody shows you that, I'm like, how can you just like blatantly ignore that? That's in your face. Like, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Right. And you're right about that. You're right about that. Now, for the characters that I, that was in the elevator, though, who did you like the best? Well, honestly, I think Tony. And I'm not just saying that because of the way the movie went. Because, you know, watch. I'm trying to remember, like, what I felt. Because the first time I saw this, it was 2010. Mm-hmm. But even then, he was the only one that, like, wasn't talking crap to everybody, really. Mm-hmm. He wasn't rebel-rousing. He was trying to keep everyone calm, for the most part. He was trying to be hopeful. So out of everyone in there, he wasn't, like, a boisterous, rebel-rousing kind of character. Yeah. Oh, actually, it wasn't until near the end where he kind of got aggressive. After everyone yeah. started to die around them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and Kelly, um, same question. Um, who was your um, uh, favorite character in Devil? Uh, um, I also loved Ramirez, and I liked his quotes that started and ended the movie. I thought those were great. Uh-huh. Um, I loved the detective Bowden. Um, I think that was the same, right? Yes, because he was just um, a very compelling character from the beginning and ending the movie. I think. You can relate to the different thoughts and feelings that he has and his journey throughout the movie. Um, and then in the elevator, definitely Tony as well. Um, from the beginning, you see him, yeah, like trying to help people out and everything. And even like as things are going down, he starts panicking. He's still very logical. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen claustrophobia 
come and go that quickly. And the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that's true. Yeah. And then he points out a few other things. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was, and then, like, when the guy was flustered by the first time, she, like, opens up the elevator a little bit so he can have air. Like, he just seems very right. like, hearing and everything. So, I yeah, that thing that. stuck out to me, too. That was a very good, like, scene to set up his character. Like, he genuinely, yeah. like, that was a thoughtful thing to do. Yeah. It was very thoughtful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, now for me, you know, of course, Ramirez, you know, uh, I, I love that they had a very, very faith-based character mm-hmm. in the movie. And and, and uh, um, now, but uh, in the elevator, I actually liked the, the salesman. Uh, I, I thought he was... Uh, really? I, yeah, I actually did. I have no idea why I like the salesman, but I liked him. And, and I, uh, <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> well, I, I, I think I liked him because I like um, the cut. I like the, and this is weird, but I like the kind of like contrast that. It was with him and Ben. Um, I like the way that they put them, that, that they pit them against each other. I have no idea why, but I liked that. And to me, they had good chemistry. There was that pull and tug, if you will. Yes. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just really, really liked it because you could feel the tug of good versus evil between them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just really like that. But, you know, but for me, the salesman had more of a uh of a charm of a kind of charm than Ben did but i love their pull, tug and pull i have no idea why but i did <laughs> now now who is your least favorite character and kelly will come to you uh, for this one who is your least favorite no doubt my mind. my least favorite character was Sarah Caraway, right? What's her name? The Rachel Hammer. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the last name. Uh, it was Caraway, yeah. Um, I was the first Yes. Um, she was just, yeah, from the beginning, she was starting stuff. Uh, between all the people, even before stuff started going down, and she was just, yeah, like, saying stuff between it, and Tony called her out on it at one point. He said, I think he called her a twist. I just watched this last night. He said that's when people, like, start talking and telling they, like, start shit basically between everybody. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he did, yep. That's what she had, like, no convictions besides looking out for herself. And yep. I thought it was very telling And when it's just her and Tony left in the elevator, um, and I think this is why the devil killed her before Tony, um, because when it's just the two of them, they're both very scared, right? But I thought it was mm-hmm. very telling how both of them reacted. He went for his phone, 
he grabbed his phone to hold it up on her, whereas she it shows her reaching for the glass. Right, yeah. I thought that was very telling what they looked in the year. Tony's still trying to like keep both of them alive, whereas she was just looking out for herself and reaching for the glass. Um and yeah, she was just the worst. (laughs) (laughs) And Allison, same question. Who was your least favorite uh, character? I'm with Kelly as well. I had it between two. Definitely Sarah. And definitely Jane. Obviously, before we know everything, Jane was already also annoying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she was already like being a rebel rouser. She was already she was gonna hit people. Like the pepper spray in the elevator. Yeah. So she's like, you know, already starting to pit people against each other. Yeah. Same with Sarah too. And like you said, at the very end, when he's holding the phone up with the camera, like, and she goes for the glass. And then mm-hmm. even Sarah with the security guard bed, she's like, protect me from him, protect me from him. Yes. It was just basically creating the problem and making it worse. And right. I think that Jane and Sarah are the two people that instead of everyone working together to like get out yes. of this thing, they were the two that kind of created the animosity between everyone that like was really unnecessary. Yeah, I think wasn't she the one who shouted? Remember when Tony um was climbing? He said, "I'm a mechanic guy, so I'm gonna climb up on top of the elevator and see yeah. what's going on." Wasn't Jane the one who shouted out like, "He's trying to escape"? He's trying to. I wasn't sure if that was Sarah, but no, I think yeah. that was Sarah. That was Sarah. Wasn't it? Well, okay, yeah. But yeah, he was like, "I told you what I was doing. Like, I told you guys what I was doing up there. Mm-hmm. Why would you like? Because he could have gotten seriously hurt when they pulled him back down." Oh yeah. Was, like, that just shows how bad people they are. Because for me, as a person who, you know, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, look what he's doing for all of us. He's going to go up there. Yes, and yes. Right, right. So that we all get out safely. So to me, I would see him as a helper. Exactly. So messed up he was a team head, player, yeah. Immediately, their, their immediate MO was like, he's a guest <laughs> and going to do something. What, like he's going to escape the elevator, pretend it never happened, go home and <laughs> Right. Yeah. Even, like, what did they even think was going to happen? Exactly. That's not really, well, I'm out now. I guess they can drop there. I'm not going to do anything. Like, why would you even think that? Like, that's yeah. how bad they are as people. Uh, right. what you said about um, how she went to Ben to, like, protect me and stuff. Because yeah. when, and then Ben and Tony got into it, they were fighting, remember? Yeah. And Sarah started being like, Kill him, kill him. I was like, what the heck? Right? And then as soon as Tony got the upper hand, though, then she turns to the camera and is like, wait, no, stop. Right. Like, now you don't want him to be killed because it's not going your way. Now, here's something, too, I thought about that I didn't think about the first time I saw it, obviously, because you don't know how it's going to end. But this time around when I was watching it, do you guys think that the devil was in Jane the entire time? Or do you think he was jumping from character to character to character until the end? I think he was jumping from character to character to character. Okay. I still don't know if I know. I think he was in Jane the whole time. I don't think she was a real character. Yeah, I think it was the devil the whole time because they don't have a sign in from her and she disappears at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Kelly. You're right. Because he gets in there, he gets in and he's like, uh, 
Foden gets in and he's like, where is she? Go find her. Oh, yeah. And then they couldn't find, because Jane Kowski was actually Tony's last name. So, yeah, I do too. I do too. I love how that, I love how that happened. Yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, that's going to be my next question. And I actually was going to have it be my first question because this movie was filled with biblical information. And it was actually going to be my first question, but I wanted to get our favorite characters out the way first, our favorite Mm -hmm. characters and our least favorite characters out the way first. Now, my least uh, favorite character is Ben. There is just something about him, about his character, I just totally did not like. And and then it, it didn't it didn't make it better that he was played by the same actor that I just didn't like on Jason's lyric. So <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that movie or not, but Jason's lyric he played a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, and um, uh, but yeah, his his character I just really did not like. I did not. I, I, to me, he's he was mean from the get go. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he it, it, that was just his personality. You know, some people are just mean spirited, and that was mm-hmm. Ben. To me, that was Ben. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was a little untrustworthy too, because like yeah. I said, Tony called him out at one point. And he was like, "Um, what happened to your claustrophobia?" Like, I've yeah. never seen that come and go like that. So, like, was that an act fight? They don't really address that, but, like, was that an act? Like, right. Oh, right. And that was a little, like, then I started to, like, distrust him, too, the first time. I was like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't seem to have any convictions. He just kind of, like, what, what everyone else was throwing at him. A hundred percent, yeah. Right. Right. And his personality to me was just like, and that's another, that's another reason why I say, you know, him and the salesman, that their personalities were completely different. See, the salesman was a lot more, uh, I mean, even though, <laughs> even though he did suggest that maybe Sarah might have cut herself, which wasn't too far off because she, she did have that personality where she would probably do something to herself and blame it on some oh, on somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so n- now we will go on to how does this pertain to the Bible? In boy, oh boy, let me count the ways. <laughs> let me count the ways. Um, okay. I'm going to let you guys speak first because I have so much to say about this. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, Kelly, I'm going to go with you first. How do you feel that it, it pertains to the Bible? Okay. Um, can we skip the favorite parts question or are you doing that next? I'm doing that next. Okay. Just want to make sure we don't skip that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing this one because th- uh, I'm doing There's this so question. Because it's going, it's more a more serious question, and I know that we're yeah. gonna <laughs> we're gonna take some time on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, how does it not relate to the Bible? I think would be <laughs> mm, <laughs> yes. Or, 
that would be a probably a perfect question. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing is just very interwoven. I mean, you start the movie talking about the devil and um, how he can like enter it. Um, I love the part where Ramirez is like, "What was the quote?" I tried to remember it to make sure I could say it, today, but he was like, "The lies we tell ourselves are how he like makes his way into our lives." Woo! Yes. Very telling. Yeah, very good line by my God. Um, and then both the message was about like when you don't own up to what you do, mm-hmm. um, that's like how the devil can take hold. So I love that, like that whole message as well. And about how like forgiveness is so important. So, um, and then I like how it ends on a message about hope too. So yeah. Yes. I, I love it. And Allison, how about you? Um, yeah, definitely the atonement for sin. I love the end mm-hmm. when Tony's in there and, he basically just knows, he starts to kind of like click, you know, like, wait a second, like, all of us have done something, like, terrible, and we're dishonest about it. So at the very end, he atones for his sin and is completely honest and tells the truth and admits it in full honesty, and that's when the devil can't touch him anymore. Yeah. He literally, the devil is literally powerless to the truth, which I thought was fascinating. Um, yeah, the devil, you know, like, plus the sneakiness, how he'll walk around, you know, in sheep's clothing, if you will. Yes. Trick you and put ideas. I mean, honestly, after you get to the end, now that you know Jane is the devil, and you can see the things that she was saying and the rebel rousing that she was doing on purpose to basically mm-hmm. the animosity and the uncomfortable right. to pit them against each other, like, obviously that was all on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, goes to show that those tiny little things can create a big thing. And there was just like little things throughout the movie too. I don't know if you guys know, it's like the Bethel bread truck. You know, Bethel's like the holy place in the Bible. Uh, and then yeah. Like the, the Trinity service station. Then like the street names. Yes, that's like, like the Holy Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I've never noticed that. Three, three, three. The, the building 333 and how much the sex oh, trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were all these, you know, little side things that they were pointing that he I love that. Yeah, that he was putting in there as well. But, yeah, I think for me it just comes down to that honesty, atonement, you know, asking for forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful moment when Tony, he not only, like, admitted, like you said, um, but that he was wrong and everything, but he didn't do it to like, how do I say this? He didn't do it like to just, you know, like being like, oh, this is the thing that will save me. He was like, no, I know this won't save me. Like, I don't deserve to be saved. Yeah. Because this is what I said. Like, he was do- really doing it because, like, he was atoning. He was like, no, I need to, like, exactly. So, like, atone. Right. Like, like, I'm not saying this to, like, just yeah, save. I- I'm not I- trying I- to I- save myself yeah. per, per yeah. se. Yeah. I, I'm doing this yeah, because I know that I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though, like, you could definitely argue that Sarah did not deserve to be saved, but he, he, he even was like, no, like, take me instead of her, and the devil was, like, so mad. She was like, wait, yeah. what? Right. Like, yeah. That's what Ramirez saying, too, when he was like, you know, we're all here for a reason. We're all witches. Yeah. Reason. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, for Tony's confession. 
Right. Because it lines too about like, um, Bowden is like, in your story, how would you, how would I save them? Yeah. And he says, there's, there's an easy answer. You're never going to get these people to admit who they really are. And it's right. their, their choices that have led them here. It's not your fault. Right. And then, you know, but then I find that interesting too. Like Ramirez says, we're all here for a reason. We're all watching this for a reason. Like you're not mm-hmm. here on accident. So did the devil put Bowden there? To yeah. that? Or is that more of a, you never. No, see, I don't think the devil put him there. I think that was God. And I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't mention God, but that was God. Yeah, I don't think the devil would have put Bowden there to see that confession. I think that would be. A yeah, he was not about that. <laughs> to watch that. Yeah, yeah. And for Ramirez, it's just solidifying faith for him too. So I feel like those two were not put there by evil entity. I think that was. I thought maybe Ramirez might have been by the devil, just to like taunt him, though. Like, mm, yeah, like you were religious, and I'm still gonna kill these people, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I could see that as well, you know. But yeah, I see what you're saying too about affirming his faith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, <clears throat> now for me, I'll I'll go with the scripture that was at the beginning of the movie, um, which is First um, Peter. Which they didn't say this, but First um, uh, Peter is where that verse is taken from. Uh, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And who will he devour is the question. Now, is it the unbeliever or the believer or the believer who doubts? Or whoever doesn't resist him? Those are all good questions. You know, who will the devil devour? Is it the believer? Is it the believer who doubts? Or is it the believer that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't resist the devil himself. And my my fiance actually brought up a good point as well. We were watching it together um, at one point, and uh, and he says, "You notice that not one of these people, not one of them, had the mind to pray when they got stuck." In the elevator, and I and I looked at him. I said, "Oh my gosh, you're you're right, you're right." But admittedly, you know that wouldn't have been my first response either, because you know I'm a very spiritual person by nature. You know, I I love to pray and everything, but that wouldn't have been my uh, that wouldn't have been my my first instinct. You know, yeah. but mm-hmm. but maybe five to ten minutes, maybe five to ten minutes into it, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, Lord Jesus, come help us. You know, especially if I have to be with some in, in, stuck in the elevator with somebody like Ben. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I would have been praying after five or ten minutes like, Lord Jesus, get us out of here. Huh? Oh, yeah. 
And that was a very powerful moment too. That was a very powerful moment because after he, when he was praying, you saw that their hearts kind of melted. Did you guys catch that? Even Sarah was like, she looks at Ben and was like, I don't even know your name. Yeah. You know, so as he was praying, their heart was melting a little bit. And so I guess I say, say all of this to say, you know, um, faith is very powerful. And you have to have faith in order to resist the devil. Because those who don't resist the devil, they will be consumed. I mean, we see it. We, we're seeing it now, guys. We are seeing it now. Right now. I mean, can you guys think of a time, literally, when everybody hated each other? It seems like we all hate each other right now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where do you think that comes from? That's not of God. Not at all. That does that that this feeling of dread that we have over this country right now that is not from God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the devil himself, and 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 that's why I really think that this movie was so important, and I'm Mm -hmm. so glad we're talking about it right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I had um. I had a friend, a Facebook friend, say last week that, um, uh, well, actually, she didn't say it, but she had um, uh, shared um, something a a guy had wrote that said, um, uh, conservative Christians uh, 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 it focuses more on the Bible. You know, they they tend to not relent on the Bible, on on the Bible, whereas liberal Christians uh, are lukewarm Christians, if you will. Uh, They they tend to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, relent more, you know. And I'm like, I said to her, I said. Do you have a heaven or hell to put anybody in? You know, uh, I mean, and the answer is no, you do not. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us. Do. And for, first of all, let me just say, there are no liberal Christians, okay? There are no conservative Christians. There is just Christians. Right. I am a Christian saved by grace. I know who I am and I know whose I am. I am not a liberal Christian and I'm not a conservative Christian. I am a Christian saved by grace. I know that I am saved. And and you know what? Whoever isn't saved, it does not mean that they cannot be saved or that they will not be saved. And, and the the devil hates it. The devil hates goodness. You know, he hates 
anything that has to do with God. And that was and that was what this movie was showing, you know. Mm-hmm. And that divisiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The devil is on his job, but we are not on ours. Because the first commandment that God gave us was to love him with all of our hearts. But the second commandment he gave us is much like the first one. Love your neighbor as yourselves. And love your neighbor as you love God. We are not doing that. We are not doing that. And I'm not talking to the unbeliever right now. I'm actually talking to the believers. Uh Us as believers are not loving our neighbors. And that's how the devil can get in and use us. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am preaching. And I knew that I would. (laughs) I knew that I would. I'm sorry, listeners. You guys are listening to a horror movie podcast. I'm sorry, but I knew this was coming. I actually on th- on my Thursday um episode, I said I said, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna wind up preaching on Saturday. <laughs> okay, all right. Now we can move on to our favorite parts. Uh, um, well, Allison, we'll start with you on this one. What was your favorite part of uh, the movie Devil? I love when the devil face shows up on that You know, uh, they didn't believe him, you know, when they when they even suffered themselves, the devil's face. Let me just tell you that some believers even don't believe in the devil. And and that is crazy to me. Um, And it lets me know that you don't really believe in God either, because you can't believe in God and not believe in the devil, because, first of all, 
there are two entities. If you believe that there are there is a God, if you believe in goodness, how can you not believe in evil? Mm-hmm. And some, if God is goodness, then who in the heck is evil? Who who does who helps you know do, do this evil these evil de- deeds? You know, it has to be there has to be an adversary somewhere. Gosh, in the way this world is right now, I think it's easier to believe in the evil than it is the good. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you believe in the evil, well, then you have to believe in the goodness too. You have to, mm-hmm. because. Otherwise, we have no hope. And we always have to have hope because there is always hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Even for the, the, the drunk that is in the street right now, there is hope for him. You know, the girl who, uh, the girl who prostitutes herself every single day, there is hope for her. You know? Um, okay, I'm preaching again. Okay, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, what's your favorite part? Um, I have a lot of different favorite parts. Uh, so I refuse to choose, so I'm going to say all of them. Um, okay. My favorite parts include, I love the beginning of the movie. I think it set the tone very well. Um, you open the movie with the city is upside down. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's foggy. You immediately oh, yeah. know that something's very wrong. Yeah. Um, and it starts with the monologue by Ramirez, which I really liked. So I love that part. Um, I love the part of the movie where um, the Jankowski's uh, fiance comes in and she's like, oh, yeah, that's Tony Jankowski. And they're like, Jankowski? Mm-hmm. She checks uh-huh. in. And who is? And it's actually all very easy that. Uh, the Jane, quotation marks, was the devil, actually. Mm-hmm. So that was an excellent reveal. I love that one yes. every time. The last time when I was watching, I was like, oh, she's about to say, she's about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that part. It's such a great reveal. Um, I love where Tony confesses. Um, I thought that was very dramatic. She's like, you think you can be saved? And he's yeah. like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very beautiful. And I... I Love how it shows it flips back and forth between him and Bowden hearing the confession and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you see Ramirez reacting as well because Ramirez realizes what's going on. So I thought that was a great scene. Um, I love in the car with Bowden and Tony. Um, when Tony is, or sorry, Bowden is like, that was my wife in that car accident. That was my son. For years, I've thought about what I would say to you, and you know what? I forgive you. Yeah, and that's just like yeah, that was the ultimate. Yeah, that was the ultimate scene. Yes, and I love how their faces are half in the shadows and half in the light as well to show that that is like our lives, and you have to choose the light always instead of the darkness. Right. That was on purpose how they filmed that. That showed their faces half in the dark and half in the light. I thought that was on purpose because it showed that that's how we all live. You know, we have to choose to follow the light. Oh yeah. So I love that. And then lastly, I love the ending quote where Ramirez, everything's back upside right in the city. It stops raining. And Ramirez says, at the end of the story, my mother would always comfort me. 
And she would say, don't worry. If the devil is real, then God must be real too. Exactly. And it just ends on a very hopeful note. So I love those are all my favorite parts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I was saying. You know, if, if, if God is real, that the devil is real. And if the devil is real, then God is real. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, uh, well, my favorite part is actually, you know, one of your um, favorite parts, um, uh, Kelly, uh, is when Tony co- finally confesses his sin, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 you know, you brought up a very good point, uh, Kelly, when you said that, you know, the devil asked him, do you think you could be forgiven? And every time, almost every time when she answered that, I was like, yes. You know, <laughs> I always answer yes, because but from what I know about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I totally can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Even if you murder somebody, if you rape somebody, if you're a, if you're a, a fornicator, if you rob people for a living, if you, uh, anything that you do that is a sin in the word of God can be forgiven. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, what race you are, uh, you can be forgiven. Now, that does that mean that you don't have to face the consequence of your sin? No, it does not. Because remember, uh, um, uh, the cop, he was taking him into custody. Right. Yeah. You know, he was taking him into custody because he still has to pay for killing someone. Mm-hmm. So you still have to pay. Right. You don't get out of that. Mm-hmm. But your soul is saved. If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your soul is saved. I think, the, I think the devil is just saying, like, you're not just doing this to get out of it, right? Like, I, and I think, because I think a lot of people do confess or, like, they say their sins to make themselves feel better. Yeah, that's like, true. Sure that yep. Forgiven. Because I know as a kid, I did that. As a kid, I wasn't sorry. Kids. Like, Girl, do. we do that even now. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, the point was more like, yeah, she was like, oh, do you think you can be saved? Like, are you just saying this to say you're to say right? Just, just be saying it. And then she was mad because, like you said, um, he was like. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, now I can't touch you because <laughs> you did open up to what you did, and now it will right. consequences. And actually, and like, sacrifice yourself to save someone else on Somebody else who is not a great person. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not sure that I would jump to save somebody like that. Like, she was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was the worst, and he still jumped in to save her. I'm like, right. I don't have to think about that one. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, it's all about, it's really all about repentance. And and repentance is a total mind change. That's all repentance is. It's a total mind change. And it's not easy. That could not have been easy for Tony to do. None of it. Uh, from, you know, say, from telling the devil to take him instead of Sarah. 
that wouldn't have been easy because, you know, like you said, Kelly, Sarah was kind of a very bad person. So, <laughs> so that couldn't have been easy for him. And then second of all, him confessing to that crime really couldn't have been easy. So repentance is in itself is not easy, yeah. but it is very much so needed in order to uh in order for your soul to be saved and purified and, and yeah. everything like that, it is needed. I yeah. the nature of his bad thing was different. So with Tony, like what he did was not intentional. It was a pure accident. He didn't go about it correctly, obviously that's why he said Oh right, right. What he Right. For his own personal gain. Uh, yeah. Jane, before we knew she was a thief, she was stealing from people. The intent was there. It was on purpose. Sarah, married rich men, messed with them, took their money. Uh, vanity. Very he vain. Was, you know, had, he was assault. He, didn't he, like, kill someone with a baseball he bat? He was a baseball like bat, yeah. Yeah, so that was on purpose all of the other people did things for personal gain on purpose with yeah. absolute intent where tony he didn't go about it correctly obviously but right it wasn't on purpose for personal gain it wasn't a selfish act in his yeah. aftermath absolutely was but the yeah. actual crime itself wasn't it was an accident and I think you see that since then he's tried to be a better person. I mean, he has a fiance now. So not saying that like bad people never have fiances that love them, but like right. for what we give her, she seems like a good person. Yeah. Um, it shows him caring about other people in the elevator. He was trying to get a new job. So it's like, he's clearly sober right now. Like he had, they didn't talk about how like his journey with like alcoholism, but right. it's implied that he was an alcoholic and that like, he has since recovered. So obviously he had taken steps, even though he didn't admit, he had not yet admit, um, admitted to the drunk driving killing. Um, right. It kind of implied, you could infer that he had taken steps to be a better person since then, like in the years that had come. So the, last step, the last step he just needed to was admit, because he had already taken right. steps, at least that's what I like, inferred to like better his life. And it's like after all the actions you see in the elevator, like, hey, yeah. Willing to go up and fix it. Then when the guy said that he was claustrophobic, but Ben said that he, you know, opened up the top to get some airflow in the elevator. Like he didn't have to do that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that was like all of these selfless acts that he was attempting to do while yeah. he was stuck so that he could help. His initial reaction, like what he wanted to do was to help everyone. Where everyone yeah. else was just kind of in their own little world worried about themselves. Yeah. Right. And, and I think the cop was meant to be there because he had at first he had unforgiveness in his heart which was you know because you know he like he told them you know i was in hell i i drank myself you know six months ago i drank myself almost to death you know because he had that unforgiveness in his yeah. heart i like that monologue yeah and, and and he just um he had that unforgiveness in his heart and so he too had to come clean. He too had to repent. He too had to forgive. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like that monologue too and he was like, You wanna talk about how like I've been there like six months ago and 
when you're in that moment, you want to blame everybody else instead of taking responsibility. But I had to look at myself and like think about how to be better. And I thought that was powerful. So yes. Now, um, <clears throat> very quickly, uh, what was your least favorite part of the movie? Uh, Kelly, we'll start with you. What was your least favorite part? Um, probably the scene where Tony and Ben are fighting, and yeah, Sarah's just like, kill him, kill him. I'm like, you are such a terrible person, Sarah. <laughs> Helping, like I was rooting for Tony at that point, obviously. Um, so I was like, oh, like, uh, yeah, I just can't stand her. So yeah, that was my least favorite part. And Allison, do you agree, or do you have another least favorite part? That was annoying, but I just, uh, just everything about it, I just don't like when they put put Ramirez. I'm just gonna stick up for my dudes. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but they just didn't believe him, and that frustrated me. Well, yeah, yeah. I think She had no convictions. Like, what is she? You don't really know anything she stood for. Like, 
So, oh, really? Yeah, I, don't, I can't respect that. Herself and herself only? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. My last question is this. Even though they were stuck in an elevator, they were they they were still killed very cleverly. Now, whose kill would you say was the most clever, or slash uh, clever slash creative? Uh, Allison, we'll go to you for this one. Whose kill would you say was more clever slash creative? Now, my favorite kill wasn't anyone that was in the elevator. It was Dwight, the elevator repairman. Oh, yeah. Why got electrocuted, remember, and then he fell down the shaft and basically got him impaled on the top of the elevator shaft. Oh, yeah. Um, so, out of all the kills, Dwight's kill is my favorite, but I think the one that surprised me the most when it happened, you know, when the lights go off and all of a sudden they come back on, I think that Jane just being hung with that elevator cable. Yeah. The one that, like, surprised me the most because of how... Like, the other ones could happen really quick. You know, like, somebody's neck broken, the throat split, stabbing mm-hmm. over your glass and the jugular. You can do all that within split seconds. But to, like, take an elevator cable, wrap it around someone's neck, hang them, yeah. that quick of a time, you know, that's the one that kind of stuck out to me. Is like, oh, okay, this guy's getting clever. And right. If the person and not the devil, that person had... 10 seconds to hang someone with an elevator cable. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, uh, same question. Whose um, kill was um, more clever slash creative, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I don't know that I really have like a one that I think was most. I, was, I agree with Allison about the hanging one. Um, I feel like my, I, I just want to say like Because he knew what he did. Well, he knew what he did. He knew what he had done. And he knew what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
it was like he knew what he did. And in that moment, he knew what he had to do. He knew he had to yeah. confess. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, my um, uh, actually, my most clever kill slash creative kill is actually the old lady uh, uh, that you guys just mentioned. You know, uh, how she was hung. I thought... I was like, well, how did that happen? I mean, exactly. it's totally cool, but how in the heck did they do that? <laughs> you know? In that short period of time. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't think it's the devil, you think it's just a human. Right. But, I mean, if you think about it, it didn't make sense because, you know, right. like you just said, Allison, how do you do that in such sort of time? But that's actually that's actually what was cool about it. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, guys, that was my last question. So now I have five fun facts for everybody to hear. Uh, the first uh, fun fact is uh, um, the inspiration for the film comes from the folktale, The Devil's Meeting in which the devil roams the earth in human form, torturing the, the living. The film also mentions the folktale. Uh, did you guys hear about that folktale before you saw the movie? No, I've never heard of it. I, I never had either. And that's what a fact. I'm not sure if you guys have the DVD or not, but um, I bought the DVD. That's how, I, you know, that's how I've been watching it. And they do have that as their extra features. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I am going to watch it probably tomorrow. Uh, I'll watch it and um, see what they have to say about that. And, and if the, um, if they've made like a, if they have like the story, you know, in like maybe like movie form or whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't, know about the devil's meeting until uh this movie so i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out um my fun fact number two is this was the first movie in the night chronicles trilogy which involves the supernatural within modern urban society m night Shalahan he wanted to make a trilogy of these movies but uh, uh, none of them were produced. Uh, they they ha or they haven't been produced yet. I should say. Mm -hmm. And one of the and actually one of the uh, I want to say one of the things that he came up with actually uh, was actually in another movie that he had um, split or something like that. Oh yeah, that was good. Um. My fun fact number three is Chris Messina and Matt Craven would later work together on HBO's Sharp, Sharp Objects, which was out in 2016. And, and again, Chris Messina would work also with uh, Jenny O'Hara, who played the old lady. Uh, again, on the Mindy Project, which was uh, made in 2012. Yeah, I love Chris Messina. Yeah, he is a good actor. Yeah, and good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is that too. 
my number four uh, fun fact is um, all five characters who got on the elevator has the color red in common. The mechanic's satchel, the old woman's hair, the young woman's nails, and the insignia on the guard's uniform and the salesman's tie are all red. Yeah. Oh, hi, Miss Ingrid. Uh, my fun fact number five is in the first weekend of the release in the United States, the film was able to gain back its entire production budget, which is hard to do for movies. <laughs> yeah, that's very hard to do for movies. Yeah, you yeah, you did. But I'm going to allow you to answer two questions, Ms. Ingrid. Okay. Um, my first question that I will ask you is who was your favorite character? My favorite character? Yes, ma'am. Um, I want to say the guy that finally um, told the truth about what he did and the devil uh, said, boy, I want to. And um, when he told the truth, that, that lifted that, um, that lifted that curse off of him. Yeah, it set him free, literally. Um, yeah, so that part right there hit me hard because he, he, he was like, it was weighing hard on him. And um, he, he um, all I know is that I was happy that he, that he cleared himself because at the beginning of the movie, he just totally left them to die. You know, and, but he didn't know at that time that uh, that was the husband that, that was on the case. Uh, that was his wife and his right. daughter that got killed. So, you know, I was glad that he cleared his heart, you know, and the cop gave him, forgave him. And I really thought that was a real, a real good part in the movie. Yes. Yes. So, Right. You're right about that. And the second question I will let you answer, Miss um, Ingrid. Uh, what was your favorite uh, clever slash creative kill um, in the movie? The one where she took the, the um, I forget his name, the black dude that was really aggressive. Um, ben. And, yeah. And when the lights went out and turned back on, his head was totally twisted. I mean, I, 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 oh, yeah. was, I was astonished by that. I was like, how <laughs> in the dark did she, well, the devil, you know, the devil. You know, yeah, because at that part, at that time, we didn't know that it was Jane. Yeah. 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 So 
I think that was the most creative kill there. Um, I, I, I would say a second one was the one when she did herself. You know, uh, the devil did stuff when he hung himself, so it would make it look like it, it was a kill. You know, that, that, yeah, that that was my favorite. That was my favorite one. Yeah. Well, well, uh, we'll move on to the groupers' reaction. Actually, we didn't really. I didn't really get any. I had um, uh, asked the group this morning. Actually, um, uh, what how did they feel that it pertains to the Bible? But nobody really answered the question. Um, Mark Luton did say that you know this was a good uh, uh a good little chiller but nobody answered my question uh but however last night i talked about halloween h2o guys and um i, I for, com- have completely forgot to write down the groupers reactions last night and so i i, I told them all um I told them uh, in the podcast that I would uh, go ahead and uh, read off their answers for Halloween H2O uh, on today's episode. And uh, I asked I asked them that they like Halloween H2O and w- what their feelings was about it. Because admittedly, I don't really like Halloween H2O. And neither did my fiance and uh, my brother from another mother. So, <laughs> but we still have fun talking about it, though. Yeah. But um, uh, the three that I chose to um, uh, write down and have them and uh, uh, and uh, talk about was uh, uh, Phil Wallace says that um, an original is sometimes a work of art. 10 to 15 sequels, though, is a work of exploitative capitalism. I thought that was the most funniest. Because he's he's right. It's like, that's like capitalism right there, you know. (laughs) Uh, Tiffany Monroe says that she loves this movie. And Krista Rubart Yates says, uh, that she actually did like it, but then the new one came out, and we were supposed to forget all of this ever happened. So it's weird. So, so that was the three that I um, ended up writing. And well, I have no more questions. No more fun facts. Uh, oh, and nobody actually from the movie passed away, guys. Everybody is still alive. So, but then, you know, I mean, this movie, I mean, it's only 10 years old. So, yeah. So, I, I wasn't really expecting anybody to have passed on. So, so, but, and I have no more groupers reactions. So, we are at the end of my podcast. Ms. Ingrid, I, I'm glad that you were able to come on at least for a little bit. Uh, li- listeners, Miss Ingrid was supposed to be here, and I was hoping that you would come on. I, I was, I was just telling Allison and Kelly at the start. I said, "Oh, oh my goodness, Miss Ingrid is going to be mad that she missed this one." <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I,
Uh, it is. It is with a lot of good messages. Uh, uh, well, and all you've missed, Miss Ingrid, is me preaching a preaching a lot. So. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! But um, but yes, uh, ladies, thank you so much for being on here, uh, Allison. I know you have to get ready to go somewhere, and and I just really, really thank you for being here. Oh, no problem. Like I said, I like to do uh, the podcast early on Saturdays. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, my listeners will be able to listen to this as soon as it's edited. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, yes. Yes, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Although, like I said, like I said on Thursday, Ingrid, um, a lot of people probably will turn it off. They don't want to hear me preach. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> yes, thank you. And I'm so glad you mentioned my group, uh, Miss Ingrid. Uh, uh, for all my listeners, please, um, if you guys want to join a good horror group and a good faith based horror group, my group is the group for you. Uh, it's on the same as the podcast name, Horror Movie Warriors. Uh, please, and uh, we love uh, getting new requests. Uh, Miss Ingrid is one of the um, group admins. So, uh, and, uh, and all you have to do is just push that join button. We'll see the request, and we will invite you in. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, next week, I'll have another uh, uh, bonus uh, episode. Next Thursday, I will be discussing trick or treat with um constant with Constance Goodrich. Yes, that is a good Halloween movie. I'm telling you, uh, Constance Goodrich will be on, and Nathan and his wife Amanda Della will be on. Uh, and then on Friday, I am talking about the original Halloween. I can't wait for that one. Uh, you guys might remember that that was my actually first first ever episode that I did uh, for a Horror Movie Warriors podcast. And uh, I will be discussing that with um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Bill Beaker will be on also um, for Trick or Treat. Yeah, so I have a newbie. There's going to be a newbie on on Thursday for uh, Trick or Treat. Bill Beaker, Nathan and Amanda Dilla, and Constance Goodrich. And then on Friday, uh, when I discuss uh, Halloween, there's going to be another newbie, Leticia Joyner Lanier. She's going to be on. And then um, who else is on? Oh, Mick Mack. He'll be on. And Constance um, uh, Goodrich is on for that one, too, I think. Yeah, I think she's on that one, too. Is she on that one? Mick, yeah, I think she is. Constance, I think it's Constance Goodrich, Mick Mack, and Leticia Joyner. Uh, linear. And then on Saturday, I will be discussing Summer of Fear. And that movie is with Linda Blair, for anybody who doesn't know who, what that movie is. Um, Summer of Fear with um, Adrian Garza and my fiance. I, my fiance is going to be on that one too. So I can't wait for that one. And next Saturday is actually uh, Halloween. 
Yes. So what are your plans, everybody? Allison, what's your plans? Because I know you have a little one just like me. Uh, although your little one is pretty much older. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you plan on doing with her? Very any little ones but you do have grandkids so what are you at what are you guys doing going to be doing? Um, yeah, so I've been very safe with COVID, so I actually have not hung out with any friends indoors since March. Oh, very smart, Kelly, very smart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to stay around. <laughs> um, and so I am having COVID, actually, but we're both getting tested the day of to make sure that we're both negative, um, and then that way we can have safe fun without having to worry or stress. That's very, very clever. I'm telling you. Um, uh, well, we're excited about the drive tonight because it is April. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for you, Allison. I'm, tell, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm excited for you. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, my, my family and I, uh, me, my fiance and our son, we're going to um, just go out and uh, check out uh, the house's decorations, if they have any decorations. And and I, I, I told him that um, uh, what I'll do is I'll um, like 
put things to look for, uh, kind of like a scavenger hunt, you know, just put down things to look for and then cross them off the list and everything like that. I, I just thought that that would be fun. Yeah. Yup. And, and my son actually has a, a tiny superheroes cape. And actually that's, um, that's something that I got off Facebook, actually. Uh, they have a tiny superheroes, um, Facebook page. And that, what that is, is for kids with disabilities. And, uh, and I got his cape and, and I said, well, I'm just going to let him have have that on and I'll take pictures with him on that you know with the cape on and everything and that'll just be his costume for this year so <laughs> but uh next year it'll be something else of course but this year you know that'll that'll suffice for this year but um well guys until next Thursday uh this has been Latrice Carter uh, Kelly Dunsmore, Allison Stonewell, and Miss Ingrid, even though she was late, she still got to talk about some stuff. <laughs> uh, yay! I'm so glad she made it. But uh, until next week, guys, we will see you all later. Have a nice, 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 nice Saturday afternoon, evening, whatever. Be safe, guys, and have a happy Halloween. Bye, guys. <laughs>